Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas at $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home. Debit card users, listen up. You've worked hard for your money. Now it's time to make it work even harder for you. With Discover Cashback Debit, everyone can get cash back on everyday debit card purchases. That's right. Earn on things like gas, groceries, and even that midday latte. And to top it off, there are no fees, period. Yep, that means you won't be charged fees on your checking account. Transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank. Member FDIC. We've been programmed to believe that we only have five senses. Mm. That is far from truth. Right. We have a lot more than five senses. We all have it. Every single one of us has it. So if someone who has these abilities to talk to spirits, just know you have the same ability. Mm. Every single one of us does. We've just never been taught how to use it. Hi. I'm Rachel Hollis, and this is my podcast. I spend so many hours of every single week reading and listening to podcasts and watching YouTube videos and trying to find out as much as I can about the world around me. And that's what we do on this show. We talk about everything, life and how to be an entrepreneur. What happened to dinosaurs? What's the best recipe for fried chicken? What's the best plan for intermittent fasting? What's going on with our inner child? How's therapy working out for you? Whatever it is my guests are into, I want to unpack it so that we can all understand. These are conversations. This is information for the curious. This is the Rachel Hollis Podcast. Hi guys, it's Rach, back with another intro in our Mastermind series. If you're not familiar with these episodes, they're where we explore some of the best advice we've ever gotten in six and a half years of doing this show. And we explore around a single topic. Today's is pretty fun. What is the best of the best advice we've ever gotten from our spiritual teachers? Over the last six years, I've interviewed psychics and mediums and intuitives. I've interviewed astrologers and people who do energy work. Uh, We've talked about it all. And I know some of you are pretty woo-woo like me, so I thought it would be fun to explore their best advice. Today, you're going to hear from celebrity medium, Tina Powers. You're going to get advice from Sonia Choquette, who is a spiritual teacher I have admired for years. Jessica Lenyato is one of the most successful astrologers working today. Kimberly Lucas specializes in energy healing, specifically as it pertains to our childhood self. 
and Laura Day is an intuitive for both celebrities and Fortune 500 companies. It's a mixed bag of really powerful and insightful teachers, and I hope you love this episode as much as I do. I have always grown up in an environment that was really centered in the understanding that we have six senses. But when I started school, it became obvious to me that this was not everybody's normal. And I really felt scared for people because I thought, how can you function? How can you possibly be safe in the world without your inner compass? And knowing that we have we have angels and guides and protectors that are looking over us and and it's a real force, but we have to be available. So very early in life, I realized that that this was something that people got disconnected from. I needed to help them reconnect because to me, it was the worst handicap a person could experience. I mean, we can manage if we lose our eyesight or we lose our hearing. My mom did lose her hearing, but what would you do if you lost your inner lifeline? To to to, it's like your your vibration is like your it's like the the pulse of your your authentic self connected to God. How could you? How could you possibly navigate this world that's going to be chaotic and be safe and grounded without this? So as a child, that became my mission. Well, here's the thing, Rachel. We have hearing to the outer world with our ears, but our actually our entire body is capable of listening. I was taught to listen to not words, but to vibration. I was taught to listen to the frequency of things. If you rub your hands together and you just go like this, you can feel that energy going palm to palm, that frequency. So I'm listening for that tone in your heart, because that is the tone of your true spirit, your authentic self. And then I scan around and see where it gets off track. And my goal is to pull it back in by directing your attention so that you're back in harmony with your the, the, the frequency and the vibration and the tone of your true self. So I'm listening, but not to outer ex- material, physical sounds. I'm listening to the heart frequency. And wow. I believe we all start that way. Your yeah. child, your children do. Your ch- you listen with your heart to your children. You can you can feel their energy in the other room when you're not present. It, it actually isn't unusual. It is a sense we dumb down. We tone down. We listen to energy. That's when we start feeling the divine energy. We start feeling energy that goes beyond the physical plane. When we get stuck in our heads, we become numb. Your, your head, your ego, your brain actually doesn't have a capacity to feel. So it doesn't feel vibration. It only hears the noise of your internal noise. It's like a ping pong ball rolling around trying to find its way. So the first thing I do, I want to give a technique so you can you can actually experience what I'm talking about. I want you, and these, this is a step I would say to anyone, start by looking around and notice one or two things right in front of you. So what do you notice right in front of you? A water bottle. Okay. Take a breath and name one more. Just look around uh, and really pay attention. A statue of Buddha. What that does is it brings you into your body and into the moment. You have to come out of your thoughts and out of your headspace and you have to get, okay, what's right in front of me? Then I want you to take a breath in through the nose, pull your belly to your spine and exhale like you're blowing out candles with the intention of emptying yourself of everything that's inside you holding on and 
locked down. So you just go, when you're completely out of breath, breathe in again, very slowly. It feels so good. Open your jaw really wide and say, ah, ah. And you slide into your body. You actually slide in and reconnect with your heart and your body. Can you feel that? Mm-hmm. And you smile, your brain gets quiet. So now you're just at a moment where you're present and quiet. Now, language is interesting because how you feel isn't about emotions. It's about sense, feeling. So how do you feel in your body? How do you feel? And you want to keep sending this sound of, ah, because that opens, first of all, scientifically, it opens the vagus nerve which runs from the back of the head, through the jaw, down the throat, into the heart, all the way to the belly. And that nerve, when you say, ah, shed stress, it's like, I call it everybody out of the pool. Everybody's out. So I get in, I get back in. And then you start naming what causes you fear, because what shuts you down and causes you not to be present and feel is fear. So you just name it, but you name it like, the water bottle and the Buddha. Humans are always afraid that we're, you know, our animal self is always scanning for trouble. So fear is kind of an animalistic instinct. So I call this emptying the garbage. Fear, do you see how it's, it's always there and we're, we're, it's there, it's sitting there and we try to push it back. Well, you know, the truth is, Rachel, it's not fear that stops us. It's hiding fear. What we want to do Ooh, is bring it up. That's good. That's good. Yeah, just bring it up. Move it out. Take a breath. Be present. What the truth? Because your heart tells the truth. I tell people a fear is not a fact. A fear is a, is a, is an ambiguous threat that keeps us from being fully present. So when and and you know here's the interesting thing: when it is a fact, what you're fearing is a fact. Your 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 spirit will give you different direction. It will say, "Don't go there. Stay away from that." you know, honor who you are, it will, you're, and here's my biggest message. You can trust that voice, but you can't trust this one. Mm. You can't trust the voice in your head. The voice of fear is not present. It's roaming around looking for, it's like, I call it the barking dog that's looking. It's like patrolling the borders, patrolling the borders, growling, growling, growling. It's not present. Whereas the heart is the voice of your spirit. And the voice of your spirit is calm. Did you notice any shift in your physical body after you did this simple exercise? Yeah, absolutely. I definitely feel more present, more, more grounded for sure. And, and this is what I train people to do is to recognize that we have a protective ego and our ego is always afraid. It's always afraid by its Mm. nature. It's afraid. Whereas your spirit is always clear, informed, and can guide and and protect you if necessary and will direct you to your highest good always. But it's a different channel. And so we have to empty the garbage and there's a couple of ways, the technique, but also I our inner self learns best with metaphors, okay? So it learns best with, with, with stories and metaphors. So instead of saying, get out of your ego, get out of your head, I say, name your barking dog, name that, that, that ego self that spins around and around and growls and feels threatened and is reactive. We all have one. And if we can name it and recognize it and even have fun with it, 
by, by identifying what your barking dog is. Like, for example, I see my barking dog as a very snotty poodle. You know, she lives in Paris and she likes to shop and she's, she's really kind of, you know, a little bit reactive and I call her Fifi. So when I get into my growly side and my reactive and impatient, that's my barking dog. And, you know, here's the thing. If we name it, we recognize it faster. Einstein said it this way. The human spirit is your sacred gift and the rational mind, the ego is the servant. So I say your spirit is the leader and, and your ego is the, is the barking dog. It's your, it's your pet. So when you, have, when you have your spirit leading, everything goes well. Here's the key. You can never do this in your head. You have to do it out loud. Every one of us is, is the vibrational instrument of energy. Yeah. Yeah. Every one of us has our own vibration, tone, music. And I, I, I like to say to people, it's not that someone's good or bad. It's either they're harmonious or incongruent with your energy. Yeah. So, because we don't, especially women, I'm a good person. I don't want to judge anyone. So I'm going to deny that this person's energy is doesn't feel good to me and yeah so instead it's like it's just it's it's just that vibration's not for me makes yeah. it very neutral but we feel energy all the time i encourage everyone to empower yourself by acknowledging that that's real information that is trying to protect you you know, for example, and this is an important thing you have, but you have with your children and my daughters, if they had a bad vibe. I would say to them, if you're feeling a bad vibe, all you have to do is squeeze my hand and we're going, I'm not going to ask. We're not going to talk. We may not ever know what it is, but we will always know it's something and it's something that doesn't feel good. And that's all you period. All you need. That's such an empowering way to live. I am taking my four children away this weekend to go skiing. And I think if you're a parent like me, you understand how important it is to have a kitchen available to you when you have four kids, which is why Airbnb is always the place that I head to just make the vacation easier. And I have always used Airbnb as a place to stay, whether it was for work or family or a girl's weekend. But more and more, my friends are using Airbnb in a totally different way, as a business, as a way to invest in property and earn money for it. While you're away, your home could be an Airbnb. Hosting can easily fit into your lifestyle, and it's a great way to earn some extra money. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Almost every morning of my life, I have oatmeal. Seriously, during the winter, having something hot in the morning really makes a big difference in my day. Quaker has been a trusted name in oatmeal for over 145 years, which means they've been milling oats since before the invention of the zipper, the stop sign, or ballpoint pens. Quaker has something for everyone, whether it's old-fashioned or quick oats that are good for cooking or baking. And while a ton of things have changed, the good stuff 
remains the same. Quaker, getting up to some good since 1877. Look for Quaker Oats at your local grocery store. This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Plus, auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Quote now at Progressive.com to see if you could save. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. There's this idea that you're supposed to have it all magically just la- dropped in your lap in your teens, and then you get really good at 25 and bada-bing, bada-boom. But life begins in meaningful ways in your 30s when you're old enough to make sense of what you are and the world instead of just being what people expect of you. People are often surprised that I didn't know I was psychic when I was a kid. I mean, I, I was, but I had no idea, and it was useless to me until right. I was aware of it, just like so many other things, eh? We know scientifically how little of our brains humans use. We know that we know very little about the human brain. You know, anyone who's had any kind of brain event, doctors are often like, well, this is what we think this part of the brain does. You know, brains are complex and there's so much we're not using of our brain. And to me, you know, as a psychic or a medium, I just think I'm using a different part of my brain than a lot of people use or know how to use. And I don't think it's honestly, especially special. I mean, I don't know. It depends on how we're defining the word special. It's just, it's a skill, you know, and there's like a lot of skills I don't have, but this one I happen to have. And it wasn't like the hardest thing for me to open it up. Um, And for other people, it'll be harder. But this is part of our, I think the human brain is capable of this, period. Technically, everyone can run a marathon. I'm not gonna. This guy's not gonna. (laughs) But like, technically, I could. You know what I mean? Like, but, but... So I think the same thing is true with psychic stuff. You know, some people, I think, put pressure on themselves to be intuitive um, and it just doesn't come easy. And to that, to those people listening, I say, like, yeah, be chill with yourself. Like, don't you don't have to push it, you know, let it kind of emerge, which maybe is a little off topic of astrology, but I think is an important, important thing for intuition. Psychic. The easiest way I have for describing psychic is I have access to a worldwide web of data. And I just have to open up and receive it, kind of like you open your device and you turn it on. Now, am I looking at every website in every language of the world? No. Am I looking at every page on every paragraph of writing on every website at a moment? Absolutely no. So do I know everything all the time? Thank God, no. But I have access to data. That's the best way I describe psychic. And I thank God for the Internet. So I have that metaphor mediums or mediumship is very specifically talking to dead people, talking to dead animals too, but talking to dead people. And there are many different kinds of mediums. Personally, me, I mean, I don't know if it's like some people hear this and they think it's creepy. I don't find it to be creepy at all, but I don't especially see them like with my optic nerves. Okay. So 
This is a way I describe both how I experience mediumship, but also how I experience psychicness. And I used to use Led Zeppelin as a metaphor, but now I use Beyonce. Again, I'm just like dating myself. You know what I mean? So you know the song Lemonade? Obviously. Right. And you know the video? Yes. Okay. you, You know the song. Okay. So I just asked you that question. And in your mind, you probably heard your favorite part of the song. You probably saw her her in that iconic yellow dress. Yeah. Or maybe you had like a, a sense memory of that period of your life when you were listening to it, what was happening in your life when you were listening to it. That's a lot like what a psychic impression is or mm. talking to a dead person is. It's all of these senses that are hard to put your finger on and they kind of flood you with data at once, but they're not analytic. They're not material, but they yes. sure they reference the analytic and they reference the material. In terms of mediumship, oftentimes, de- this is the part that people find creepy, uh, dead people hop in my body, which is can be creepy depending, but it's often um, just a really great way for me to get information because they can so show you me- feel in that moment, you sort of have the sense of being other. I have. I wish it was that, actually. It's mm. more that I... I'll be talking to somebody, you know, I'll be like, oh, your mother passed. Let's talk about your mother. And then I'll be like, oh, my chest. It's like I can I have this feeling of a heart attack. And before I realized I was a medium, I'd be like in my client sessions having panic attacks all the time because I felt like I was having mental health crises or having physical crises for a lot of my sessions until I learned it was either me having the psychic experience of what the client is feeling or their dead loved ones were coming in being like, I died of a heart attack. If you say that, they'll know who it is. And and I just like have to stop and be like, okay, so this is what it felt like. And a lot of times they'll they'll show me how they feel. Like recently on my podcast, I had um, someone come on and I got to talk to her dead mother, aunt and grandmother. They had all passed. And the grandmother, the way she showed me, and I said this on the podcast, so it's not me breaking her confidence in any way, but the way she showed me her, her energy was kind of like, you know how a dandelion, when it's just a puff, uh, like a puff looks and it's like bright light is behind it. And it's just like this light. That was the best way I could describe it. It was just this feeling of like strength and gentleness and light and warmth and having this capacity to seed itself how you know like all those little white thingies are all seeds it was just this most beautiful thing she showed me and the feelings that accompanied it were just overwhelming love like this woman I was speaking with was so deeply loved by her grandmother like so and is still so deeply loved and she could have been like I really loved my grandchild but she right. showed me how it felt. And I was able to then understand so many layers and nuances of information that I would never be able to if I hadn't had this like visceral experience. From my perspective as an astrologer, and it is fed by my experience as a medium, we do not exist in a vacuum. We are not only a part of our generation, which is then a part of all future generations and is part of past generations, right? But we are also irrevocably linked to our family line, both those of us who were raised by guardians and also our people in our genes. There is an inevitability to failing in life. It's an inevitability. We all fuck up. We all fuck up. And sometimes we fuck up a lot and sometimes less. But when we have kids, there is an inevitability that we are kind of confronted by our own childhood self. 
and we try to please that that child. And if our actual human child um, has different needs than that, the cycle maintains itself, right? And that's just being a person. That's not being a bad person. That's just being a person. Where does astrology come from? That's a great question. All like kings and, and leaders and royals throughout time, throughout cultures, most cultures, many cultures rather, had astrologers. So in terms of where astrology comes from, there are astrologers who are primarily academics and historians. I am not one. Astrology potentially came from Babylon. That, I think, is the oldest record of where astrology came from. But humans have been tracking the stars. Just imagine you're living in a world without electricity. The sun, the moon, the stars are the most important thing that you can see. And forces of nature are taken in such a different way than in an industrialized world, right? We can see, we can't see the stars um, if you're living in a city or even close to a city, right? Astrology has been used throughout cultures, throughout time. Each of the zodiac signs are constellations, right? And so they are chartable through astronomy. And basically what astrology is, is it is the spiritual, psychological, event-based, etc. Like it's the human application of astronomy. When you're reading a horoscope, it is like Pop-Tart's version of astrology. It's just like highly generalized. It is like the least of what astrology is. And a lot of that, that are older than 35 would tell you horoscopes are bullshit. I think they have great value, but also they're just, they're snack food. You know, they're yes, not the real yeah. deal. The reason why you and most people don't understand it is because it's complicated. And society tells us, again, thank you, Christianity, tells us that astrology is simple and silly. And so people are surprised that they don't understand it. But there's no reason for you to understand a nuanced and complex system that requires learning. Why would you understand that quickly and easily? And that also engages time and space. Because if I look at, if you hadn't had a baby last week, I would look at your baby's chart. And I'd be able to see what would get, happen in your marriage. Now, I look at your chart and I can't see what's going to happen in your marriage because you have free will within your predetermined scenarios, right? But you have free will. Whereas in a baby's chart, I can see whether or not they were raised in a conflictual home. So it's complex. It's time wow. and space. And this is complex. It's a mind bender. And it takes, honestly, like decades of study and practice to be able to actually work with this stuff. So like these metaphors I've given you, it's taken me years to come to a place where I can just like boop, boop, boop these metaphors at you because I've like racked my brain. How can I explain this in a way that doesn't do a disservice to astrology, but also makes sense without having to like study? Guys, no two listeners of the show are exactly alike, which means that no two vacations you take are going to be exactly alike either. And if you're looking for a place that will serve all of you, Texas has a vast landscape of cultures, regions, destinations, and activities that allow for an infinite number of different travel experiences. I love Texas so much, I moved my family there for five years. Because here's the deal, Texas has it all. Are you a beach person? We got you. If you love a rugged vacation, not my jam, but there's plenty of campgrounds, hiking trails, and state parks galore. My favorite part about Texas? The food. 
It is the thing I miss the absolute most. Whether you love barbecue or Tex-Mex or just want to be in cities that take their food very seriously. You can enjoy live music, visit internationally recognized art museums, and check out thrilling cowboy experiences. Visit TravelTexas.com slash GetYourOwn to get the only trip to Texas that matters. Yours. That's TravelTexas.com slash GetYourOwn. To me, being healthy is really grounded in nutrition. Honestly, what I eat and what my kids eat is super important to how we live our lives. It's why I love a company like Thrive Market because Thrive Market carries brands with the highest quality ingredients and sourcing methods. They restrict hundreds of ingredients across their food and cleaning categories. So when I go online and I use their on-site filters, I can figure out exactly my lifestyle needs and trust that what I'm getting from Thrive Market is what I want to take into my body. When you join Thrive Market, you're also helping a family in need with their one-for-one membership matching program. You join, they give. You can join in on the savings with Thrive Market today and get 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. Go to thrivemarket.com slash rach for 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. That's T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash rach thrivemarket.com slash rach I do fascial stretch therapy so mm-hmm. I'm a fascial stretch specialist but I also do a method called the Walla method I'm a Walla method practitioner and I'm also a completion process practitioner from Teal Swan Okay. And so what that entails is a very spiritual side. So I address a lot of trauma from our childhood and a lot of trauma that happens to us when we're younger can affect us into our adulthood. And so it can cause physical pain, symptoms within our body, whether it's internal, external. And so I get to the root cause of honestly pain, whether Mm -hmm. it's physical, emotional, or mental. The fascia tissue is what, it's our connective tissue. It looks like a spider web, but it also intertwines between our muscles, our ligaments, our tendons, um, even our internal organs. So it's the whole connective piece that holds everything together within our body. Right. So it's called, it's off-body muscle testing. Okay. You may have experienced muscle testing with an acupuncturist or a chiropractor where they push on your arm. And if your arm is weak or when it's strong, yeah, it's the same thing, but I'm doing it with my fingers. Okay. So it makes things a lot quicker Yeah. and your arm won't get tired because I ask a lot of questions. And so what's happening in that, in that moment is I'm asking your body, where's this coming from? Is this physical or is it emotional? I get mm-hmm. emotional. Great. So then I pinpoint it. What emotion is it? How old were you when this came about? And da, 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 da. Yeah. A lot of times when, when someone first answers a question that I may ask them, their persona that's answering. Ooh, interesting. It's their persona. It's their protective yeah. mechanism that's yeah. answering. Yeah. And so when they answer like that, I'm like, are they answering from their truth? 
Right. Or they're answering because they don't want to go there. They're not consciously aware of it. Right. That's the thing. They just don't, they're not consciously aware. Right. And so, um, so I, you want to go deeper. Yeah. You want to go deeper because if you don't get to the root, it's just going to keep reincurring. Right. Oh, so tell that story because this is really how you say your spiritual journey so began. That's where my original spiritual journey began when I was 24. Because of my childhood, I had a rough childhood, um, sexual abuse. And so I was very angry at God. And so I stopped believing in God because I thought God did that to me. I have this best friend when I turned 20. She was my, this was when I was a personal trainer. She was my very first client. And we just hit it off and we became so close. We did everything together. She was a doctor and neurologist for kids. And, um, we go do races together. And then one day I woke up and I just didn't, like something wasn't sitting right. And I was heading to the gym to go train my clients. And I was like, something is off. And then a couple hours later, her nurse messages me on Facebook. And I thought that was odd. And she's like, Kimmy, have you heard from her? And I knew instantly. I knew. Oh my God. Ugh. So I knew instantly that she was gone. And this is good because I've never talked about this out loud. So this is good healing <laughs> for my own self. And so they found her dead in a bathtub and it was a murder. And till to this day, they still don't know Holy what happened shit. to her. And that's the first time like I've hit rock bottom. Like I've never had like crazy bad thoughts, suicidal thoughts. Even like when I was little, when I was going through the sexual abuse, I've never had those kind of thoughts. Until she was gone, I just like, my world just ended because she was like my safe haven. I had such a hard time of what was happening, but this is the beautiful thing because she was so connected to God, but she would never push it on me. And she always respected my space. And this is, this is so cool, Rachel. You're going to love this. She was a huge faithful woman, loved God, loved the universe. But that the gym I was in, to the right on the ceiling above, they have these fluorescent lights and they've been out for like six, eight months. Okay. And I was partnered up with chiropractor. So it was in his facility. And so that Monday, she died on a Monday, took off work. Obviously that night I told myself, I'm going to go to work. I need to go to work. I just need to get my mind. I don't want to be stuck at home and grieve and cry. And, and so I go to the gym and I turn the lights on and those fluorescent lights are on. They're the brightest lights in the whole room. Wow. And so I was like, this is wild, huh? Didn't think much of it. And they turned on when I was right underneath them. They flickered and all of a sudden they just turned on really bright. Didn't think much of it. That night, close the studio down, turn the lights off. Next morning, I go back in. Wednesday morning, go back in and I turn the lights on and the lights are off the fluorescent lights again. I'm like, that's so interesting. And so the chiropractor who owns the building, he ends up calling a electrician to come check out the lights. Finally, he <laughs> called the electrician to check out the lights. And the electrician comes and he's like, there's no way these lights could have turned on because they're completely, the cord is completely disconnected. <laughs> and that's when I knew, I'm like, okay, she is here. She's mm -hmm. trying to get my attention. And then ever since then, lights would just keep coming on. TV would automatically turn off or turn on. It was crazy, Rachel. Yeah. So that began, began my real spiritual journey into my own self-healing. And back to that curiosity. 
And that's when the curiosity started opening up again. Right. Like, and you started to more. wonder. Right. You there's started to wonder. More. Yeah. Yeah. With that, I just stayed curious of the possibility that there is something more out there. I allowed myself to be open with it. And I started feeling her around me. Like I could feel her presence around me. I could feel her talking to me. I just knew when she was there. Like I, all of a sudden I could feel her energy. Yeah. And that started bringing me more closure. Like, and peace. So much peace. Right. Even though her physical form wasn't here, but she was still spiritually here. Yes. Like she, she's, she's here right now. She's right. the one that I feel like I intuitively believe that brought me to you. Mm. That's And rad. with my whole journey. That's rad. Yeah, just a curious. On yeah. a, What's her name? Laura. Laura. Everything I do is through curiosity. Mm. If I don't have that curiosity, I wouldn't be where I'm at now, especially with my health. Yeah. It was through healing my body, through the emotions. It was that curiosity that got me healed. Nice. Stayed curious with myself. Why am I having this pain? Why am I having this pain? Because growing up, I've always had sore throats, colds, strep throat, because I was never mm. able to use my voice. And that's right. why I was able to connect to you yeah. and relate to you because I was never able to use my voice or speak my truth. Da, 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 da. So it manifested into this physical symptom. Yeah. And then I had a lot of stomach issues, acne. I had this chronic neck pain in my neck. I had to go see a chiropractor every two years and I was doing all these things and nothing was working. Like I was doing everything. Yeah. And then it wasn't until I started getting really curious with the pain. And that's when I started getting to the root of it. It was all emotional. This is what we're missing. And everyone is keeps, keeps looking at the physical, the physical, the physical. Yes, the physical is very important. Don't get me wrong. But we're missing a big, big piece. Yeah. There's something deeper happening within us. Yeah. And our subconscious, right? doesn't know the difference between time. So what happens to us when we were little that was never healed or even our ancestors that was never healed can still be affecting us today. A lot of the time, pain you are dealing with is something deep in the subconscious and it's just knocking on the door to get your attention. So yeah, it doesn't know the difference between imagination and reality. Like Which what's is how right you can have an anxiety attack just imagining exactly. what might happen. So yes. So with the work that I do is that we start reprogramming the subconscious. We start reprogramming yeah. the mind because yeah. it doesn't know the difference between imagination and reality. For healing to happen, you have to experience it. Right. And so I love to take my clients and like for you, Rachel, to take you on that journey, the spiritual journey. Yeah. And you have to literally, ex it's like some kind of like a natural psychedelic is how I like to explain it. Yeah. And if you don't experience it, it's not going to rewire your brain. Right. So I love to guide that client so they can actually experience it right. instead of me just telling them. We've been programmed to believe that we only have five senses. Mm. That is far from truth. Right. We have a lot more than five senses. Right. And so what it is, it's really opening that sixth sense. And that's what it really is. It's, yeah. We all have it. Every single one of us has it. So if someone who has these abilities to talk to spirits, just know you have the same ability. Mm. Every single one of us does. We've just never been taught how to use it. It's been very 
mm, pushed to the side. Yes. Okay. Or or flat out like made evil or wrong. Made or... evil because there's great power within that sixth sense. Yeah. And they don't want us to have that or know about it. So it's just been programmed and passed down after generation after generation after generation. So when someone comes to me and they're sensing like a spirit with them or they feel a loved one with them, I encourage it because it's something very beautiful. We've been so disconnected from it. It's not outside of us. It's a part of us. Yes, we are in this human body, but at the end of the day, we are a soul. And so I encourage them and stay curious with it. Like keep staying curious. It Feel into it. What is there a message? What kind of energy is it? Does it have a color? Does it have a feel? Does it have a texture? And the more I encourage that, I feel like that's the greatest gift I can also give them because we start losing our imagination. And that's when we start getting in trouble. And one of my favorite quotes from Albert Einstein, I don't know it to the T, but he says something along the lines, imagination will take us further than knowledge. And people are so ingrained that we have to be smart, smart, like book smart. But no, we're, we're really losing our imagination. First of all, I believe that we're all born with psychic gifts and we're all born with intuition and it's our inner compass and that we're not taught how to use it especially by well-meaning adults when we're a child. So as a child, I had all sorts of, I would hear voices. I would sometimes see images and I'd say, you know, I was under five and I knew something was happening, but it was very scary. Um, it's almost like I came into this reality a little more open. Sometimes I say it was almost like missing a layer of skin. Mm, yeah. Right. And I was always called too sen- you're too sensitive. Um, you know, and it was because I could also feel anger. I could feel um, people's intentions and situations. But as a child, I didn't have the words for that. So as I grew up, I, I, I didn't know what a medium was. I didn't know what any of it was, except for that my parents now um, in my 50s, is said, you know, they've said, you know, we're really sorry. We weren't, yeah. we weren't sure what was going on because a lot of kids are thought that they made up being, uh, you know, imaginary friends who were sometimes guides. Um, and sometimes they'll be an amazing, um, if I can use the word sterling moment, where something is so accurate that it blows away the parent. So as, as we go on with that, um, I think my guides in the other world said, you know what, we've got to toughen her up. So I got thrown in a newsroom. So I was getting intuitive messages for sure, but I didn't know what it was. It was just sort of as knowings, which I, mm-hmm. I learned uh, were claircognizant. And all the clairs mm-hmm. are clear. So it's clear seeing, mm-hmm. clear knowing, you know, clear hearing, and it's being able to access dimensions that are beyond the one that we're in. And and back a little bit as a little kid, I just had a knowing that this wasn't all there was. Like it was just inside. I didn't know how to explain it, but I knew I was looking at this movie outside of myself. So in my Mm -hmm. reporting, I think being able to connect with people or interview people or really sit with them in a moment, I was using my skills. Now, were people appearing? Not necessarily, but I was hearing, but I didn't know to discern like what it was. It just seemed natural to me. So I think it helped me be a better reporter and a better news anchor, you know, always looking outside of sort of the normal, you know, I had people going, no, 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 come this direction, Tina, let's do, 
the safe thing. And I was like, no, I want to know more about what happens after we pass. Like I have felt these energies and people around me. What is this? And I, I was always just, you know, because I always have to say to everybody, it, it was placed in our heart what we're passionate about. And it's our job to find that again. Well, first of all, I think that there are destiny points that we all have. And when we're listening inside to our intuition, we show up. I, I think our higher self and our soul places us in positions, if we're following it, that our personality can't even fathom, <laughs> right? Right. We're called. I... Um, for me, I'm very aware, not not necessarily that it's me, but it's that an energy, I'm a messenger, right? Mm-hmm. And, and that the messages come from a very loving place. So I think yes. people come to, you know, and, and we all hope, you know, and I, I've had evidence that it's real that people are in another, uh, when we're out of our physical body, that we're in another dimension, of consciousness. Mm -hmm. So to be able to uh, deliver messages from their loved ones, or maybe closure that, that, that we all needed that somehow sitting in that space and collectively going together are, are, if we want to call it frequency or vibration goes higher. And also I think there's a knowing inside of everyone somewhere that, okay, I, I want to believe this is real. I know I have gifts. I've followed stuff. And instead of going, well, that's really weird. We start going, well, of course, because yeah, you know, so it's a validation that it's real. Number one, number two, they can viscerally feel it if they allow themselves. And then hopefully the opportunity to open up and feel your own light and, and get confirmation for yourself of what you're receiving. Because our world is sort of set up as we grow up that, you know, a lot of it is we're externally focused on validation from others yeah. instead of what we think, what we feel and, and how we can help. When I've seen a lot of the mediums on television or whatever, you know, I, because I worked in television, I know that it's cut also to show everything that's working, but you know, sometimes I might get something that it's not verified until later on. And I have to be okay with that. Or I could, I could misread something. What is perfect? But I know what's most important is the intention behind what I'm saying. The dark side is, it's like the shadow of us. And it's where our power is. Like we, the light stuff we know, everyone sees it. It's what we show. But the dark is where the painful power is. And I think that when people say something to me like, you're such a bitch, I'm like, yeah. Because then you don't, and especially when you're in a new age market right. where everyone's supposed to be sunshine and light, it really up underrepresents for people the fact that we all suffer, we all envy, we've all been people we don't want to meet in a dark alley. And I think it's an impossible burden we put on people who are already so burdened, especially people your age who've encountered one step removed a lot of the difficult things, but it hasn't hit them yet and you don't realize it's all survivable but it's not survivable without like blood and guts and misery and you know and that's what communities for psychics are not naturally you know my students always say to me they say okay let's could you talk about grounding and boundaries and I'm like no that would be a disservice to you but I will have a therapist come on and do it you know (laughs) or I will have a publicist come on and do it I'll have somebody 
who knows about it, come on and do it because we don't have to be everything. And that's such a bad message that we have to be everything. Mm. Depression, anxiety, grief, they're all communicable diseases. So is joy. So is power. So is hope. One of the things that I do in How to Rule the World from Your Couch, which was meant to be a textbook, I, I hit 50 and I said to myself, I need to give my students their teaching tools because that it's theirs now. And that was 14, almost 15 years ago. And I broke down the different intuitive skills. But I also pointed out that every skill is a point where toxins enter. So telepathy, how many conversations are really harmful to us that we're letting in and engaging in? And maybe even thinking that this is our you know, circular thinking, but it's not. Someone is telepathically conversing with you and you're not aware enough of that dynamic to say, you know, this conversation is really making me feel insecure or disempowered. And so I address that or mediumship, which is when you become something else or someone else. We are mediums with especially people we know, but really everybody in our environment. So, you know, you, you'll find that that when a crisis like a market crash happens, even people who are not financially affected experience the grief, the depression, the anxiety. And of course, we all exhibit those things in different ways. Remote viewing. People are so rarely in their bodies, in the room, enjoying each other. They're somewhere else. And I always uh, ask my students, in the five minutes you've been in this room, how many other places have you been energetically? We think it's our imagination, which is why I love, I do all of these um, free events. I do a lot of them at Soho House and I get rank beginners, people who don't even believe in intuition. They come because they see I do business prediction. And I say, okay, now you're going to do a reading. And they sit with each other and they blow each other away. It's like, how did this person know this? And then I say, okay, so now I want you to take a beat because realize if you could do it in five minutes, you're doing this all of the time. Good housekeeping, good citizenship means something completely different when you realize that we are in and out of each other all of the time. We don't give ourselves enough credit for the amount of information we are juggling all of the time, which is why mindfulness, which people confuse with meditation, and it is not, mindfulness is such an important practice. Mindfulness, your five senses, just simply being where you are. I can tell you just did it because yeah. I just broke a sweat. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, um, but, you know, just being where you are right now. And actually, mindfulness, especially when you're connecting, is healing. Because whether you know it or not, you're scanning your body, you're scanning my body, mm. you're scanning the connection, you're making the adjustments you need, you're bringing it into the future, you're adjusting now for something that maybe it would have. I mean, you are do- we are all doing so much. And if we, if we flow with it as if it were a wave and only direct it when we need to, it works. If we're always flowing and never directing, or always directing, that's mine, and never flowing, <laughs> you know, then it really, you know, we're human beings and energy is infinite, but your attention is not. And that, and it's hard, you know, one of the reasons people kind of fall into the past, even though it's painful, or fall into the present, the future, even though it's anxiety provoking, is that the present requires that you get off your duff and you do something. There are four basic types, and it's different for each type. And if you don't mind, I'd like to quickly go down I each would type. I love it. 
if you tend to be an anxiety type and you all know who you are, <laughs> then what puts you back in your body is is containment. Even organizing your makeup bag in a way that that has an end. You know, you put your lipsticks together, your facial part, something that just patterns for your brain. There's order here, and your order is here. It's not there. It's not there. Your order is here. And neurologically, because it's all neurology, that resets you. If you're somebody who tends to get angry, who who feels a lot of rage and shame, that that's your out of bodiness is when you can't contain your reactivity. And anxiety types, that's not the little chihuahua anger you have when you're nasty. <laughs> I'm talking about, you know, breaking a wall rage. Mm. I'm talking about horrible shame. I'm not even going to go to this party I've been looking for forward to for two weeks. Mm. That's your brand of out of body. And what you need to do is 40 push-ups. What you need to do is discharge some of that charge so that that, that passion that you have is able to express itself powerfully. Denial types are people who say, oh, it's only two hours. I'm used to doing five hours. So even though I haven't eaten a solid meal in three days, I'm fine anyway, and everything's fine, and everybody's fine. And how those people know that they're out of body actually isn't an experience because they can't at that moment. It's that they lost their, they left their favorite watch somewhere. Um, they stubbed their toe. When it's the third thing, you scratched your car, you are firm. That those are your cues. You need to rely on external cues. The denial type is what I call them. The denial type needs to do anything that creates feeling. Could be a Kodak commercial. I don't even know if Kodak still exists, but you know, <laughs> on YouTube could be does. could be doggy videos. Could could be speaking to the person who always makes you like aware of yourself, who you don't call because of that. And then the depression type, and the depression type. You know you're out of body when you just don't feel like doing anything. It may look like you're taking a healthy break to an anxiety type or a rage type, but it's not a healthy break. You know, it, it, is, it is giving up. It is out of body. It is letting the weight of depression keep you from brushing your hair, making a call, doing your best at work. You know, it, it, you find you just let things drop and maybe you even make excuses for it. Depression types need to do one tiny act of self-support, just like, you know, you're going on vacation. You thought you were going to have a great vacation, but you get to the place and you don't even want to get out of bed. You decide it's a relaxation. Nah, if you know you're a depression type, you make sure you brush your teeth and go to breakfast every day. You don't have to do anything else. Or reach out for support to do something. Because depression types have a hole in the bucket. When I was a little girl, we used to sing, there's a hole in the bucket. Dear Liza. Right. Yeah. There's a hole in the bucket. So they often get help and it just comes out the other end. Help to accomplish something. The Rachel Hollis Podcast is produced by me, Rachel Hollis. It's edited by Andrew Weller and Jack Noble. My son had a gift with technology. With reliable internet at home through the Internet Essentials Program, the world opened up. He's part of this next generation of young people who feel they can thrive. 
Through Project Up, Comcast is committing $1 billion to help open doors for the next generation with the connectivity and skills they need to build a future of unlimited possibilities. It's your time. Join global thought leader, executive producer, and New York Times bestselling author T.D. Jakes and today's leading culture shifters for an experience unlike any other. At the 2024 International Leadership Summit, spiritual and business leaders can gain the practical tools they need to maximize their timing for success. With world-class discussions, breakout sessions, and networking opportunities, this is where your dreams turn into reality. Timing is everything, and your time is now. March 21st through 23rd in Dallas, Texas. Register today at thisisils.org.